Hello and welcome. This is the Caffeine and Covers podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This is going to be coming at you every weekday morning from the Caffeine and Covers podcast feed. You can find it in our link tree in our Instagram bio. You can find it on our website, theuptakepodcast.com. It's going to be morning sports talk with yours truly, Jake Albright. So wipe off those groggy eyes, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to talk sports, learn who you should bet on, and what you should be watching. It is early Wednesday morning. I'm Jake Albright, and I'm here with you on the first episode of the newly renamed Caffeine and Covers podcast. We are going to talk about the NBA. We're going to preview today's games. We're going to talk about a little bit about last night's games. And yeah, man, it's going to be a fun little show today to get you started on your day. Hopefully, if you're sitting down with your cup of coffee to get your day started or you got a little breakfast, a little English muffin with you, I can join you, be in your ear, be in your speaker system. We can discuss some sports. I'll be like your little less passion, you know, less passion, less animated. Stephen A. Screaming A. Smith. So let's get to it. Last night we had a full slate of games. We had nine games just like we got tonight. So NBA is really packing it on. Um, you know, we had some upsets. We had a lot of stuff go, you know, pretty pretty down to chalk. Uh, Milwaukee beat Minnesota by 25, 27, which, uh, you know, you could, you could see that one happening if you just looked at that matchup. Uh, the Clippers beat Washington by 19, which was a little surprise to some people like me who've been following the Wizards lately. Uh, they've been playing really good basketball with their starting five, new starting five of Rui, Garrison, Matthews, um, Westbrook, Beal, and shoot, I can't think of the other one. Oh, Wagner, uh, Maurice Wagner from Michigan. Uh, so they went small, a lot of versatility, a lot of switchability in that lineup, and it's been doing really well for them. So they won five in a row. They were on the second night of a back-to-back. They had, you know, big upset win against the Lakers uh, two nights ago. So I guess we should have seen this one coming. They were probably just dead, uh, legs dead, road trip. They're flying back to Washington, uh, I think, today. So just a tough, tough uh, scheduling. They're Lakers, Clippers, back-to-back, and they felt the Clippers last night. So they lost by 19. Uh, Clippers covered the spread of plus 12 and yeah, uh, that was, that was probably the only other, I guess the only other blowout of the night last night was Detroit and Orlando, which was actually a surprise because, uh, if you saw that game and I know nobody really cares about Detroit or Orlando, um, shout out Nikola Vucevic though for making the all-star team. Detroit just killed Orlando, which probably it should have gone the opposite way. If you're going to play that game 100 times, Orlando probably would beat Detroit, um, you know, 60, 70 times out of 100. But Detroit had a good game last night. Jeremy Grant had a good game. He was obviously a little pissed off. He didn't make the All-Star team. And, yeah, Detroit got one of those rare wins for them. So I think they're up to nine now on the year. They've got the second-worst record in the league. Um, but yeah, man, so those were the only two blowouts. Other than that, we had some great games. Uh, we had, let's see, where am I looking here? We had Cleveland, uh, Atlanta, great game, came down to the wire. 
a Cleveland guy won on a dunk. Uh, you know, just fun night in the NBA. Philadelphia, Toronto. I'm just going around real quick, going to give you guys a little recap. Philadelphia, Toronto. Philadelphia won by seven. Joel had a pretty good game. Uh, these two teams played like on Sunday. So, in Toronto won. Philadelphia blew a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter. I just did not see that happening again. Philly really dominated that whole game. And they dominated this game, too. Uh, Furkan Kormats came out hot. They all came out hot. They were hitting threes left and right. Um, and they, uh, they pulled away. I mean, that game wasn't too close. But... You know, just another another, uh, another win for Jake. That would be another lock of the day, too. That would be another lock of the day win as well. We're up to seven in a row. If you follow our Instagram, if you don't, please go follow our Instagram at the underscore uptake. Uh, a little shameless plug there. But I give out my lock of the day, uh, and that has hit seven in a row. We're eight and one right now. We're probably going to start losing now that I'm saying this. But, you know, we've been on a roll. We've been on a roll. Uh, and I'm also... For this podcast, just because uh, we haven't done this yet, uh, I will be giving picks at the end of the pod. I'll give my uh, you know, predictions, my headlines for the night, and uh, yeah, so we'll go from there. So I'll, I'm still going to give my lock of the day on Instagram, but if you want a little bit more, you want some explanation, you want to know why I took the lock of the day, you want to know some other picks I'm taking, this is the place for you. So, like I was saying... We had a couple other games I want to get to. Uh, Brooklyn, Sacramento. Brooklyn won by nine. Brooklyn, Sacramento shot really well. Tyrese Halliburton had a great game. Um, but Brooklyn just hardened Kyrie, even without KD. It's a tough duo to beat. Uh, Kyrie is playing out of his mind this year. I don't know what type of zen mode he's in with his jumper and his his offensive game right now. is just it's special. It's downright special. Um, and Harden is just doing his thing. So the Nets are pretty much impossible to beat um, if you play like the Sacramento Kings did, which was lots of turnovers. Uh, I mean, the, it's just just a tough game for Sacramento, even with how good of a game that they got from, uh, from Halliburton. It's just really hard to beat this Nets team if you get out-turnovered, you get out-rebounded, and you get out-free-throwed. I mean, the Nets are going to win every single one of those games. Uh, it doesn't matter how well you shoot. Because Sacramento, I mean, they shot 60% from efficient field goal percentage. So they they played their part. They did their thing. Tyrese Hubbard did his thing. It's just, I mean, you put up 118, you should probably win that game. But you're not when you play the best uh, best offensive team in NBA history. So that's tough. Um I, I took Brooklyn minus six. I think I saw yesterday that 90% of the public was on Brooklyn. So it's getting a little weird right now. We're, uh, we're, all, we're all hyping up Brooklyn, and they're coming through, and it just, I don't know what where it's going to stop. Where is, the, where is it going to meet its head? Um, when are they going to start underachieving? When are they going to start, you know, uh, I guess, I guess the, you could say the spread is a little overvalued right now, or undervalued still. For Brooklyn. So, another team that is undervalued for, or maybe overvalued for, is the Boston Celtics. They had a tough loss to Dallas. Luka, Luka Magic, Luka Doncic came out, hit a step back 30 footer so tough going to his left hand, uh, just like he did against the Clippers last year uh, in the playoffs. Classic Luka, man. I, he, had a, he had a huge three before that as well. Um, 
He, I, I mean, I, you have Dame Lillard in the league. You got a lot of clutch players in the league, but you know, it's it's tough to have a conversation without putting Luka Doncic in in at least the uh, the top tier of clutch players, just from everything he's done in the last couple of years and the the type of shots he can get, the type of difficulty of shots he can hit. Uh, there's not many players in the league that can <laughs> that can make a thirty foot step back jumper like that. Uh, you know, LeBron, Curry, Harden. KD, uh, you know, the list is pretty damn short. So, Luka just, he, he, you know, big picture for that shot, just a ridiculously hard clutch shot. But when you look at the game, I mean, that was a huge win for Dallas to get a win over a good Boston team, but a Boston team that is struggling at the moment. And, um, I mean, we can talk about it all day, but, what you know what is happening with Kemba Walker and and his knees and his health and you know the rest of this team outside of Brown and Tatum is is a disaster it's it's not it's not where anyone thought this team would be when we saw them in the Eastern Conference Finals just last year it's not where we saw them when we saw them in the Eastern Conference or it's not where we thought they would be when we saw them in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2016 um you know that really exciting team with Isaiah Thomas and Gordon Hayward. I don't know if Gordon Hayward was on that team yet. I don't think he was. Um, but just a really, I mean, they've had exciting teams, you know, for the last four or five years. We've thought that the Celtics were going to be next. They're going to, you know, they've got all these picks, all this young talent. When's it going to come together? And it just looks like it's struggling right now. It looks like it's not even close to coming together. Um, you know, Kemba's really, really just, I don't even know. I, I hate to say, you know, I hate to say a player is, it's shot or done, but Kemba's knees and, and the type of injury he has and how long it's been nagging him for. I mean, it's not like this is something he just needs knee surgery on and it's pretty obvious what's the issue. It seems like this is a underlying issue that, that keeps nagging him. Um, you know, he had to sit out a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there, start a season here. He doesn't play back-to-backs, and we're still seeing him struggle. I mean, he's got no lift on his jumper. Uh, personally, Kemba says it's all mental. So, I mean, I got to believe Kemba, right? So saying it's all mental, that, that means, you know, some, some part of it, a majority of him is healthy. You know, he feels like he's healthy enough to obviously go out there and play. And so where is this coming from? I guess it's mental. Um, you know, you see, you see clutch time now where, where Kemba used to be amazing. He's not, He's not really living up to the hype. He's not doing what he usually does. There's no more Kemba magic. Kemba Waka magic. Step back, Kemba! You know what I'm saying? But uh, he's just... I hope he figures it out, man. Because Kemba, when he's right, man, he's... He, I mean, his game is predicated on creating space off the dribble for his jumper uh, and, and forcing him to make that decision whether to get up and, and force him to drive or force him to shoot. So... He's got to be able to get that quickness, get that speed, and get that jumper back. Because it's not even the ability to make the jumper, really. It's, it's, the, it's the ability to create space off the bounce and the, the fear that that jumper brings into opponents. And he becomes a playmaker, a driver, a kicker, a, you know, whatever you, whatever you want to do off of that. Because players have to respect his jumper and his, and his handle so much. But, you know, we're seeing that... A one-dimensional Kemba, or a zero-dimensional Kemba, really, because if he can't shoot, he's not playing defense. Um, you know, it's it's it, it's tough out there, especially when you have a guy like Peyton Pritchard on the bench 
who's kind of like the opposite of Kemba, where he's not going to really give you anything flashy. He's not going to break your ankles per se, but he's going to do everything really well. He's going to play good defense. He's going to handle the ball well. He's not going to turn it over. And he's, and he's going to shoot well. So it's tough when you have, you know, someone as, as consistent, maybe not this year, but with that potential and the consistency still right now, Peyton Pritchard, who if you look, I mean, you guys can say I'm crazy if you guys, you know, don't watch the NBA too much and I just listen to this. You can say, oh, Jake's talking about Peyton Pritchard over Kemba Walker. Um, and you guys might think I'm crazy, but if you go look up the statistics, I mean, it's not a joke. I mean, I'm not, I'm not lying to you. I'm not, I'm not trying to pull your chain here. Um, the Boston Celtics are a lot better when they have Kemba, when they have Peyton Pritchard on the floor, defensively, offensively, record-wise, however you want to look at it, um, they're a lot better. So, I'm not advocating for Peyton Pritchard to play over Kemba Walker. I'm just saying that Brad Stevens has got a lot of tough decisions to make. He's got a lot of numbers to crunch. And I honestly don't really know where his answer is. Uh, it could be in the form of a trade. I don't know for who. Uh, but just the fact that they really don't have a creator and they're relying on Brown and Tatum, who are A, a little too young, and B, just I would say that's not really their natural fit in an offense. I would rather have them as wings who can attack um, in, a, in a more Paul George Kawhi role. And so the Celtics, I mean, they kind of have the same problem as the Clippers. I mean, if you want to look at Brown and Tatum, those are kind of like the baby version of uh, Paul George and Kawhi, right? So those two teams, you know, not similar, but they both um, could use playmakers. That's for, that's for they both could use a point guard. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, going off that with with Boston, they're they're one game below five hundred now. They're sliding. You know, everyone's officially talking about what's wrong with Boston, and I, like I said, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe Stevens can figure it out. Maybe it's gonna take you know some crazy moves. Obviously, the last thing I will say is there. there's probably a trade coming for that team. Um, and the more and more they lose, the more and more they start you know, sliding like this, the more likely Ainge is going to make a trade. And so I would not be surprised if we see a swing for the fences by Ainge or at least rumors out there that he was trying to acquire someone crazy. Um, I, I don't want to speculate right now and give, give names that aren't true, but... You know, next tomorrow on the pod, I'll, I'll I'll give you guys some names for uh, for Boston, who I think they're probably going to go after, um, as the trade line is coming, a trade deadline is coming up. Um, so one more team I wanted to talk about before we get into tonight's games, give you a preview of tonight's games. Um, I wanted to talk about <sighs> the Washington Wizards. Eh. Yeah, I did want to talk about the Washington Wizards. They've got a new lineup, new starting lineup. Garrison Matthews, Rui Hachimura, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, and Moritz Wagner. Uh, just a really weird lineup where if you watched the game last night, it was a blowout. It didn't really matter. Uh, but being on the, on the second night of a back-to-back in Los Angeles, playing those two teams, it was going to be tough for that team to... Uh, you know, have a normal game, get up for that one. So if you watch, you know, the past couple Wizards games or see highlights even, this is a completely different team. It's a team that is is very versatile. They can switch. Um, 
outside of Westbrook, everyone can shoot pretty damn well. Um, you know, I hate to say it, and this is this is kind of the crux of the issue is it's it I you know it's kind of like chicken and eggy is is the reason that these teams uh, the last couple of years you know Houston and Washington have been struggling is it Westbrook or is it everyone else um, and it's a little chicken and eggy like I said where I don't know if it's especially for this Washington team. If you took Westbrook off it and replaced him with a you know league average point guard, I, there's no way this team is is anywhere near where they are. But at the same time, you watch those games and Westbrook just really kills them uh, on defense, on offense, shot selection. I love Russell Westbrook. He's a he's a Hall of Famer. Don't get me wrong, um, but you know with where he's at in his career and seeing you know the shots he forces up. And the drives he tries to do where when he was younger, he could just explode to the basket. But now he can't really he can't really get there the same. And uh, it's just really kind of hurting the team Uh, defensively. He does, you know, his effort is on and on, like off and on, like it always has been. And so we're seeing now that this Wizards team you know, they're adding more shooting. They're adding, I think they figured out a, a lineup finally that works for them uh, that has shooting and defense. Their bench, you know, bringing Denny off the bench. They were trying to start him at the beginning of the year. I just think that they're figuring things out. This is definitely going to be at least a play-in team. I don't see how they don't make that. I think they're a couple games out of it right now. Um, and it's just, it's just a... You know, an interesting year for Washington where I really do think they have two of the best 25 players in the league, and I think Bradley Beal is, if not the best, he's at least in that conversation for best scorer in the world. Um, There's no one that puts the ball in the basket better than Bradley Beal. So I think that team's going to be tough. And if you were a one seed, especially if you were a team like Milwaukee, um, I would not want to play them. I don't think Milwaukee's going to lose to them. I'm not saying that. I just don't, you know, I think you'd rather avoid having to guard Bradley Beal for four straight games and Russell Westbrook um, coming downhill at you all game. So saying that, we're going to move on to tonight's games. It is officially Wednesday, uh, February 24th. We've got nine games on tonight, Uh, you know, pack schedule. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, First game I have written down is Atlanta-Boston. The line opened at minus 2.5 for Boston. It is now at minus 3.5 for Boston. So it's going up in Boston's direction. Um, I have the line at 1. And 1 for Atlanta, sorry. So going forward with this, I will be giving you the game. Um, where the line opened, so the gambling line, where the line is at right now, and then the line that I have um, for my database. So I run a database. Um, it's got all the teams in it, all the team statistics. I take the statistics that I think are uh, most important to helping a team win the game, uh, do some formulations, some calculations, and I get my own line. So for tonight, let's say... We have Atlanta-Boston. Boston is a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. My database would disagree with that. I think Atlanta should be favored by one. 
um, I, you know, that's the numbers. Now saying that, that's the numbers. So I might disagree with my database a little bit. I might say that, you know, this team actually has some injuries that isn't accounted for. They've actually been playing pretty well as of late. They're on the second night of a back-to-back. So my database isn't the end-all be-all, but it is something that I like to look at um, from a numbers perspective, and it gives me a good idea on where this game at least should end up if both teams played to their average and had their full roster. So Atlanta, Boston, I have the spread at one for Atlanta. The spread is three and a half for Boston. So that's a big difference um, if you're sitting there at home. That means I should probably bet on Atlanta, which I am a little hesitant to do. And I will, I will tell you why here. Um, Atlanta and Boston have played three games in about 10 days. Um, with the NBA and the COVID this year, they are doing a lot of you know scheduling stuff like that where they're, they're scheduling games back to back. They're scheduling games. Um, it's kind of like a series in baseball. If you notice, the Toronto Raptors and the Philadelphia Sixers uh, played two games in three days, like back-to-back against each other. So it's a lot of stuff like that. Atlanta-Boston is part of this. They're playing their third game against each other in 10 days. So that means it's a little weird. Atlanta won the first one by eight. Boston won the second one by, I think, seven or eight. And now we've got Boston favored again. Um, Atlanta is at home. Like I said earlier, Atlanta's coming off a bad loss to Cleveland. Cleveland's probably the worst team in the league right now, um, outside of Minnesota and Detroit. And Boston also coming off a heartbreaking loss. So both teams coming off, uh, you know, they're on the second night of a back-to-back. They've played each other three games in 10 days. Just a really weird, weird, weird game. Uh, Boston has lost two in a row. I just... I might lean Atlanta. Um, I don't have a good feeling about this game. I don't even know if I would bet any money on this game, not even a half unit, um, just because of how weird it is. Uh, both teams are on a back-to-back. They've played each other a couple times already, and they're both honestly struggling right now. I just I don't really have a feel for the game. I don't know which way it could go. Uh, database does lean Atlanta three and a half. I probably would gun to my head lean that way as well. So Atlanta plus three and a half. Can either team get on track? Uh, my headline for that game would be, you know, could either team get on track? Like, can either team find some footing right now? Because both of them are struggling in the Eastern Conference. Um, second game tonight, we have Indiana and Golden State. Golden State is a two-point underdog, which I know if you're a Curry fan, anytime you see Steph Curry as an underdog against someone not named, you know, LeBron or Kawhi, it's, uh, you know, lick your chops time. So he's got Indiana tonight. Indiana is at home. Indiana opened as a four-point favorite. Now it's two points. I have got the game at 029 so a little under half a point. That means I've got this game pretty much out of pick them. Uh, I think these two teams are very even with, uh, with Indiana really playing underrated, really good basketball this year, like they always do. Uh, Sabonis and, and Brogdon and Holidays, the Holiday tandem, are just really, it's just a solid NBA basketball team. And so the Warriors, I really, I'm going to take the Warriors 
uh, as an underdog. I honestly probably would take any team that was an underdog. So if that line switches over as the day goes on and the Warriors get more money, uh, I can actually definitely see that happening. The Warriors getting more money as the day goes on, and, and the line could probably flip from plus two to maybe pick them at least. I wouldn't be surprised. That's a big part of gambling, folks. Just a little side note here is you know having a feel for line movement, seeing where these lines move. If you are in the gambling game, um, you know make sure you know what the opening line is, make sure you know what the updated line is, and make sure you know what the closing line is because the line tells you a lot about what people are betting. The line tells you a lot about where people think this game is going to go. And the line also tells you a lot about, you know, maybe injuries that you had no idea about. Um, if the if the game's at two, say, and a star player is questionable and then he gets ruled out, that game's going to shoot up to six. And so if you can have a feel for that, if you can get in before that, um, that's where you can make some money for sure. So that's why I like looking at the line movement uh, for Indiana at Golden State. Indiana opened as a four-point favorite. Now it's down to two. I think it's going to go down even more. So if I was going to bet on Indiana, I would wait. I would wait. I think you could get them at Pickham probably um, later in the day. So Cleveland-Houston. Uh, well, Indiana, Indiana Golden State, I'll wrap that up real quick. I'll get my headline for that game. Real, te- real, real good test between two average teams. Uh, like I said, they're both pretty just league average. When you look at the statistics, they both have you know pretty average records. And so, can Indiana tonight you know prove that they can beat Curry, uh, Brogdon versus Curry? That's gonna be a good matchup, fun little point guard matchup there. And you know this is kind of just a good test for Indiana. Can they get a can they get a win at home against a pretty damn good team? I guess against a bona fide superstar. So. I don't know. I don't know. That's good. That's another one. It's a, it's a weird night. Um, I'm not going to lie to you going into these games. I felt like I had a pretty good feel so far for the NBA season. And uh, I, I, I don't know if I do, uh, especially tonight. Just looking at tonight's slate of games, uh, it, it looks very, uh, you know, it just there's some confusing stuff going on out here. I'll, and I'll, I'll get to it when I see it. Uh, real quick, I'm going to jump on Cleveland Houston just give my real quick pick lined open at Houston by three uh, Cleveland's off of back-to-back they just lost to or they just beat Atlanta by one I'm sorry and gosh, database has Cleveland minus two or plus two so I'm gonna take Cleveland plus three just ride with the database I don't know if I'm gonna put any actual money on that um, just because, you know, two dumpster fires, how is Cleveland going to keep back-to-back games close? I actually don't really see that. I would probably lean uh, Houston. Houston, there. So we're going to move on now to New Orleans, Detroit. Uh, Detroit has been struggling this year. New Orleans has been very hot lately. They've been, they've been playing really well. With uh, newly announced All-Star, I'm going to trigger some Phoenix Suns fans here, Zion Williamson. Uh, I mean, you can argue all you want about how much Booker deserved it, but it's pretty hard to argue Zion didn't deserve it. Uh, 26 points, I think 7 or 8 rebounds, a couple assists, shooting really well from the field. Everything's coming from inside the paint. I mean, he is who we thought he was. 
He's a tank. He can't be stopped. I mean, you try to get in front of him, you're going to get bulldozed. He's quick. He's got a little handle. He can pass. He's got vision. Um, I just think that he's a special talent. And obviously, people were saying the same thing. He was a can't-miss prospect, tank for Zion, all that stuff. But I think that you know the pendulum swung a little bit to the other side with Zion where he got um, some unwarranted hate, some unwarranted, uh, you know, just scrutiny from the media and from people who I think got a little Zioned out. And uh, that happens to a lot of players. But I think that we see now that he he is he is real. He is, he is legit. He has all the tools. He has all the skill. He gets to the rim with ease. There's no one in the league that can stop him. There's no one in the league that's as strong as him. So it's a wrap when Zion gets on, you know, puts his head down, gets a couple of dribbles on the floor, and uh, goes up because you're not you're not stopping him. It's going to be an and one or it's going to be a bucket. So that's that. Detroit is an underdog by 10 points tonight on the road at New Orleans. Uh, you know, 10-point spread against – a team like New Orleans, who is is good and playing well, but not world beating. I would struggle even taking, you know, like Utah plus ten. So I'm gonna take Detroit plus ten. I think New Orleans wins this game, but I think Detroit at least keeps it a little close. Um, probably gonna eat my words saying that. And once again with that one, I don't think I'm gonna bet either. So. You know, it really depends on the night, how I'm seeing these games, uh, with how many games I'm going to bet, and I will let you know at the end my final card. But I just don't think any of these first four games, uh, New Orleans, Detroit, Cleveland, Houston, Indiana, Golden State, and Atlanta, Boston, really are catching my eye. Um, there's, just, there's, just not much, there's just not much there. Um, with line value... Uh, most of those games are pretty pretty damn close. Um, and then you've got Detroit underdogs by 10 against New Orleans, which is really hard to really hard to judge because New Orleans, you know, is isn't a top team. So it's just, it's, that's tough. I have that line at five, by the way. Um, next up, we have Oklahoma City and San Antonio. Uh, line opened at Oklahoma City. By two points. So Oklahoma City, they're tanking, man. They want that number one pick. They want Cade Cunningham. They got first-round draft picks from now until the next generation of freaking Star Wars comes out. So they're going to lock in. They're going to want to lose this game. Does Oklahoma City really want to win basketball games? No, they don't. And you're going to make them a favorite against a pretty damn good team. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs, DeMar DeRozan might be a little ticked off. He didn't make the all-star team. I doubt it, but who knows. And, you know, I just don't know why you would – you wouldn't. You wouldn't, uh, you know, little sneak peek here. This could be the lock of the night. I don't know why you wouldn't take San Antonio as an underdog against an Oklahoma City team that doesn't want to win basketball games. I mean, ideally, they don't want to win. If they win, that's great. That's fine, I'm sure. Um, you know, those guys in Oklahoma City are happy about it, but really, I mean, Presti, he wants he wants losses, and so as a gambler, seeing 
Oklahoma City as a favorite. You can get another team that's playing them as plus odds. Give me that San Antonio money line and get me out of here. Let me let me have a good day. Uh, that's that's probably gonna be my lock of the day. No cap, no kizzy. Uh, real quick, moving on. I'm gonna you know we got about ten minutes left in the pod, so I'm gonna I'm gonna finish these games up real quick and then get my get my card for the day. Uh, Miami Toronto. Toronto's off a of back-to-back, like I said earlier, with Philly. They had a really tough couple games with Philly. Uh, just, you know, dogfights. Those are two playoff teams, teams that have played each other a couple times before. Obviously, um, there's no Kawhi. And actually, Danny Green is on the Sixers now, which is a, a funny journey he's taken to get to the Sixers. But those two teams, you know, they, they definitely still got, uh, you know, some hard feelings for each other, I bet. Um from that series, no, the Kawhi series, the famous Kawhi four bouncer. But Toronto, well, what am I saying? That's Toronto and Philly. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 I was right. I was right. Sorry, folks. That's why it's caffeine and covers. It's early in the morning. You know, this caffeine, I guess it wore off a little bit. It's uh, it's pretty early, but we, uh, you know, obviously basketball never stops. We can never stop talking about basketball. So Miami, Toronto, Toronto plus two. We love that. We love that. Um, we love Toronto as an underdog. Miami is struggling. They have been struggling. They've been playing really well as of late, ever since they got Jimmy back, ever since they got their full team back. I mean, they've been looking like the Miami Heat of last year. They just beat the Lakers. And I feast. I don't know, man. If you look at Toronto, the way that Fred Van Vliet, um, most underrated player in the league, or one of the most underrated players in the league, Fred Van Vliet and Chris Boucher. If you guys haven't heard of Chris Boucher, please go look him up. B-O-U-C-H-E-R. He's from Oregon. He's from Canada. He is really good. Really, really good. He's got a slingshot jumper. He's really long, really athletic. Uh, play defense, versatile on, on the defensive end, can guard a lot of positions, can switch screens. And then on offense, he's a shooter. I mean, he's shooting like 45% from three. If you watch the last couple games, he's just been sniping her. So, oh, it's going to be a great game. Miami-Toronto, another Eastern Conference playoff. You know, could be a, could be a preview, um, but definitely two teams that are, are playoff level, playoff caliber, talent level is playoff playoff level Ugh. keep saying the word level Ugh. 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 <laughs> um but yeah no this should be this should be a high quality game tonight really really good game i have the line uh toronto minus one they have the line miami minus two so i would lean toronto uh this is pretty much a pick em. so i'm just gonna go with uh what what the numbers are telling me, which is which is Toronto. I mean, Toronto shoots a little better, and when we uh, actually Miami shoots a little better. Uh, big thing this year in the NBA. Sorry, get off track. Um, is shooting. You know, as as much as it's cliche to say, the team that makes more shots than the other team that purely outshoots them, even if you get you know out rebounded. Out free throw, out turnover, out play even maybe, uh, and, and a great example of this is Brooklyn, 
who has the the worst one of the worst statistical defenses in the league. It's getting better every game, by the way. But you know, especially at the start, one of the worst statistical defenses in the league. But we see that they just outshoot teams. That's all they really do. Um, and we've seen that a lot this year. Uh, for example, I mean that Detroit game last night. Detroit just outshot them. Uh, plain and simple. Uh, you asked why Atlanta lost. How did they lose? Or how did Orlando lose? They just they just got outshot. Um, you asked how a lot of these upsets happen. How a lot of these these weird results happen. That you're saying, wow, I wonder how that team won. They just shot well, man. I promise you. Like they 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 didn't outplay them. They didn't out rebound them. It's not like they're more talented. It's just, you know, some nights teams make threes, some nights teams don't, especially with the uh, the frequency of three-pointers uh, in the league right now. It's just, it's a lot, man. It's Let's see if we can get a three-point rate for you guys. Three-point attempt rate, league average right now is at, it's about 40%, which is really crazy. I mean, that's mind-boggling, 40% of threes. Um, that team shoot, or 40% of shots the team shoot are from three, which, you know, the basketball, I don't want to say peers, but old heads will say that's horrible. That's, that can't be happening, but I'll, I'll say it's good for the game. You know, if you can take threes, take it. If you can make them, make it. You know, there's a reason guys shoot so many. It's because they can make them. So moving on real quick, Chicago, Minnesota. This is one of those games where I have it exactly as the line. I have the line at 4.5. The line is Chicago 4.5. That means I'm probably staying away. They should blow the doors off of this Minnesota team. Uh, Minnesota's on the second night of a back-to-back. They just got killed by Milwaukee. Chicago is obviously not on Milwaukee's level, but Chicago is a pretty damn good NBA team this year. I mean, league average. Um, they got Kobe White, Zach Levine's an all-star. They got a good coach in Billy D. So I think they just easy win against Minnesota tonight, uh, minus four and a half. We'll see what happens with the line there. It could probably keep climbing to five, maybe five and a half. Um, two more games real quick. Phoenix, Charlotte. Phoenix is favored by nine and a half. I have the line at 2.5. So I'm going to go with Charlotte plus nine and a half. I mean, it's just it's just a, a simple take the underdog at uh, a large plus number. I think Charlotte could either backdoor or keep this close. If you watched the Utah game a couple days ago, they were doing just that. They were keeping it close. They were actually up after the third quarter. And uh, Utah's bench came in, Clarkson. Uh, I think they played Gobert with them. It was it was a mixture of offense and defense. It was it was filthy, and they they blew out Charlotte for about three minutes. Charlotte tried to bring back in their starters, but it was it was too little, too late uh, for the for the Hornets. So I just think that maybe tonight they can keep it close. I think Lamelo might have a pretty damn good game. If you haven't checked out Lamelo yet. And you're, you know, you're in the Phoenix area. Great time to tune, tune in. He's special. There was a lot of hype. A lot of people said he was, you know, could be overrated. Um, he's not. He's really fucking good. He's a really good passer. He has, he has some of the best vision in the league already. The passes that he makes and creates are some of the best ever, uh, I've seen this year. So not ever, but this year. So. Really, really fun rookie. He's definitely going to win rookie of the year. He's a lock for that right now. 
And uh, yeah, tune in to him uh, versus CP3 tonight. That should be a fun matchup. And Rogier. Rogier is playing out of his mind right now. So Rogier versus CP3, Lomelo versus Booker. Some good guard matchups tonight in Phoenix. Uh, last game of the night is the best. It's Utah, Los Angeles. Uh, Utah is, well, it would be the best if everyone was healthy. Utah started as six and a half. Now it's up to eight and a half. I have the line at 2.3, but that is with um, AD. So that's not accounting for missing Anthony Davis or Dennis Schroeder. I'm probably going to stay away from that one. Andrews, I don't get a good feel for the line. And Lakers plus 8.5, I mean, that's the only play really because if you're going to take LeBron minus 8.5, you're just – if you're going to bet against LeBron 8.5 points – I, I pray for you. Good luck for you. I don't know how LeBron is ever going to lose by more than 10 points in his life. Um, unless he just really doesn't care. So my biggest thing for this game tonight would be, will LeBron try? Because if he tries, it's going to be at least close. I think that Utah could pull it out. They're obviously top to bottom the better team than the Lakers right now. But I think LeBron could still keep this close. I think he's going to try. I think he's going to put up his normal 28-7-7. Seven and uh, we're going to see a pretty damn close game in Utah tonight. And it's also on ESPN. I mean, he's going to want to, you know, keep it close for national TV. For the kitties at home. The kitties at home. All right. So we're going to wrap it up here. Final five minutes of the pod. This is going to be called the fast five minutes. We're going to give you my picks, the headline for the night, and we're going to wrap it up, get out of here. You guys can get on with your day, and I can go start mine. So... To start, we have Atlanta, Boston. I'm going to go through all the games. I'm going to say pass, bet. I'll give you the bet. I'll give you the headline. I'll give you why I'm betting it. And we're going to move on quick. All right. Ready? Here we go. Atlanta, Boston, minus three and a half. I'm taking Atlanta plus three and a half. They're off a tough loss last night. Boston's off a tough loss. Both teams are struggling. Kemba Walker isn't playing. Give me Trey Young off of one of his worst games of the year on the road. Or at home, actually. Sorry. Plus three and a half. Probably going to lose that one. I'm going to go half a unit on that one. Not a full unit. Next up, we've got Indiana Golden State. I'm taking Golden State here. Plus two. I just think that Curry on the road. Underdog. Give me those. Watch out for line movement, though. Like I said, that game could keep going down. If you want Indiana, you could probably get it at Pick'em. So, moving on. Cleveland-Houston, scratch it. We're not betting on that one. Detroit-New Orleans, scratch it. We're not betting on that one. San Antonio-Oklahoma City, I'm saving because that's the lock of the night. We'll save that for last. Miami-Toronto, I'm going to go Toronto plus two for a half unit. I think that Toronto, for where they are, they are playing really good basketball. Miami, they're figuring stuff out still. I think Toronto, plus two. Give me those. Chicago against Minnesota. Chicago minus four and a half. Like I said, I have the line myself at four and a half. Might be a little low, but I think that Minnesota could keep it close. I'm going to lay away. Charlotte, Phoenix. 
Charlotte plus nine and a half. I think I'm going to lay away as well. Um, as Phoenix could blow them out. You know, they've been blowing a lot of teams out lately. They blew out uh, New Orleans. They blew out Portland. So another stay away from me. And Lakers, Jazz. I actually am going to take the Lakers for a half unit. So that would be Lakers plus eight and a half for a half unit. Um, you know, unit size real quick is all dependent on you and your bankroll. It's however much you are willing to bet. So if you have a bankroll of say $500, a unit size could be maybe $25 and that's one unit. So that's what you bet on every single bet. And uh, it's just a great way to, um, you know, keep track of everything and, and, and uh, budget your money so you're not spending it all on one bet, losing it all on one bet, or winning it all on one bet, you know, because that could happen as well. Um, lastly, my lock of the night, I'm taking San Antonio plus two over Oklahoma City. If you want to get a little frisky, you can take the money line. That's going to be a lock as well. But you might as well just give me the points, plus two. Maybe you could get it up to plus two and a half. Um, I think, like I said, San Antonio, even though they're on the road, this Oklahoma City team just does not really want to win basketball games. And San Antonio does. They're trying to make the playoffs pop into Rosen. They're in their latter stretches of their career. They want to get stuff done. Oklahoma City does not. Give me that. Give me those. Give me the Spurs. Recap real quick. Give me the Hawks. Give me the Warriors. Give me the Raptors. Give me the Lakers. Give me the Spurs. I'm taking all underdogs tonight. It's an underdog heavy, heavy night. Um, and yeah, man, I please tune into the tune into the Caffeine and Covers podcast. It is on all podcast platforms. You can follow us on Instagram at Caffeine and Covers. Make sure to follow the uptake at the underscore uptake. The uptake is our media company. We have three different podcasts you can find on there. All different subjects, all different days, bunch of different stuff. We're coming at you hot and heavy. Sports, pop culture, news, entertainment, you name it. We are talking about it here at the uptake. And this has been the first episode of Caffeine and Covers, man. I appreciate you guys. Have a great day.